Bible. Hello, everyone, and welcome to SWAT Radio here on Friday, January is it the 27th. I guess it's the 27th. No, today J- is I the said 28th. January. I got the J right. It's July 28th. 28th. I, I only got the first letter right. I didn't even get the date right. Anyway, welcome to SWAT Radio. This is David Gray along with my good friend, Brad Sykes, and we are glad, as always, that you are with us. Doug McCary is away today and uh as we try to do most fridays brad and i are here and, and happy to be here although we missed last week together and so I'm, I'm glad to be back good to have you back man always good to be here. and yeah so. keep doug in your prayers i think he's on the road i don't know he may already be in meridian mississippi uh he's so i think <clears throat> i think they are celebrating his dad's birthday 90 i oh, believe wow. it is wow and uh so i know that's where he was headed and uh, pray for safe travels for Douglas. And uh, by the way, just quick mention, <clears throat> uh, August 5th, which is next Saturday, August 5th, next Saturday is the SWAT training day. And uh, if you haven't signed up and you want to come join us, go to uh, send Doug an email, Doug at SWATradio.com. Just say, hey, I want to I want to join the uh, the uh, training SWAT training day. Yeah, and please it, don't let the fact if you're interested that you haven't been to a regular SWAT Bible study meeting, if you haven't been to one, stop you from coming to the training day, as you said, as Doug likes to put it. He doesn't like to call it a retreat. We call it a training day. But it's a great day uh, to meet guys, to get a sense of, of of what SWAT is, and also to have a great day of teaching uh, and fellowship. And uh, the format is typically we get there in the morning, we have a little breakfast, we we see each other. Doug will Doug's going to actually do the teaching this year. Sometimes in past years he's had speakers come in, but he's going to do the teaching this year as the person he had originally scheduled <coughs> wasn't able to to do it. And do you uh, know what he's teaching on? I don't actually. Haggai. Oh, he is teaching on Haggai. No. Okay. okay. Doug, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, think, you're out there. I think he. I think you're right. <coughs> I think you're right. But anyway, it'll be a time of teaching in the morning and and prayer and 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 uh, great fellowship with one another and then breaking for an activity so golf skydiving <laughs> <clears throat> hopefully not skydiving onto fishing. the golf course yeah oh us. that would be a great idea yeah actually. combine that yeah um, so yeah skydiving golf uh, deep sea fishing intercoastal fishing sailing shooting firearms uh, stuff yeah. i think it, i think doug said uh, about 70 guys yeah. so far yeah. so hey there's there's more room yep so uh just check it out come yeah. come join us yep and then we come back together at the end of the day for dinner yep. and and for <clears> some <throat> more teaching and usually are out of there by 7 30 and we do communion we at do. the end of the we day do. which is do. always a great uh experience and and close time together yeah i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good time and uh i i know doug he may be listening in he sent us a interesting article and i was curious I had not seen this until he sent it to me. Yeah, I saw it yesterday. <clears throat> um, so let's see. Yeah, where is it? Well, it's a, it was a story about <clears throat> uh, Tim Scott. I guess was hosting a prayer breakfast. Yes, yes. And uh, Congress people were attending, and a, a female representative uh, from South Carolina named Nancy Mace made a 
kind of an interesting comment about why she was uh, almost late to the breakfast. And uh, <clears throat> I, listeners may or may not have seen that story, but she she essentially, and I'll put this delicately, right, made a comment about she was almost late for the breakfast because her fiancé was encouraging her to stay in bed. I'll leave it at that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, then, of course, the social media world has reacted as you would expect with a variety of different uh, responses to that, what she was calling a joke. Um, and so that was that, that that's the story. What part was the joke? Yeah, oh, the, exactly. Okay. I got, I yeah. think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That, that she, <clears throat> she was almost late uh, because her fiance was encouraging her to remain behind for, to, as I said, to stay in bed, implying that of course they, I assume are living together and are, you know, sleeping together. Right. Um, And so, you know, there was a wide variety of comments from, uh, you know, not that big a deal to, hey, wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah. And I think what we were talking about before we came on and and with in in some uh, texting with Doug was, Doug made the great comment, this is the kind of thing you get to keep it in current with what we've been talking about with the discipleship gospel. This is the kind of commentary you get at a quote-unquote prayer breakfast, right, hmm. um, from disciples of a non-discipleship gospel, yeah. a forgiveness-only gospel. Yeah. It's uh, it, from this book that we're reading. I think it's uh, Bill Hull. It may have been Bonhoeffer. I can't remember who uh, whose quote it was was uh, the gospel you preach gives you essentially the disciples you have right, right. Uh, and if you preach a forgiveness only gospel yeah. uh, this is the kind of stuff you're going to get and yeah. that was kind of Doug's point and yeah. I agree and by the way this isn't judgmental Correct. I'm not I'm glad it's, you said it's that simply I was about kind of to. bringing right. that to the surface because right. yeah. all of us uh, are you know sinful right and uh you know, it's just how do you view? I think the 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 real question is, when you hear a story like this, be it on Facebook or Fox News, what's your reaction to that? Right. Uh, you know, right. is this okay? I mean, because listen, a lot of the culture, Christian culture, would tell you, oh, that's not that big a deal. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, then that's you know that's a kind of a forgiveness, a grace only gospel yeah and certainly we believe that we are saved by grace alone by faith alone in christ alone yep but he doesn't leave us alone that's right if we are his he's not going to leave us alone and we certainly don't want to be making wise cracks about that kind of stuff when we when we come to an understanding by god's grace of who we are and who god is and who we are apart from God, and then what he's done for us in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Then our sin, <laughs> hopefully, you put it this way, we begin to grieve over our sin. Not always, and not not the way we should, but we do have a sense of, I'm a sinner, and I am deserving of God's wrath, and only by his grace and only by what Jesus did for me Am I forgiven for that sin? We, you know, we're going to talk today about about what it cost Jesus and the cost of following Jesus. Yeah. And to make light 
of something like that in a in a public setting that is that is an event, especially like a, a Christian prayer breakfast, and mm-hmm. to be a public figure, I assume she made the comment following up on it saying she's a sinner and not a saint and that's why she goes to church but that that just you know can you imagine Uh, listen david if i if i saw you in sin and i had seen it more than once and i addressed it with you right now i know you because you're my brother in christ i know how you're going to respond but can you imagine responding i'm a sinner I'm not a saint. Right. I'd go, you're right. Yeah. But that doesn't, that doesn't excuse you. And there's a, there's, we want to make sure what we're trying to point out here is the, is the line between having kind of a flip attitude about it. Like you and I have talked about this off air and sometimes a little bit on air. We know, I know what's in my past. Mm -hmm. I know the things that I've done. I, I know I've done terrible, sinful things in my life, but I hope I was never at a point where I wanted to be flip and make jokes about it like it wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, and and maybe I did at some point. I don't know. I'm not saying I never could have done that because I certainly could have. But w- what I was getting at earlier is when you begin to have an understanding of who God is and who we are and what he's done for us, then making a flip comment or a joke about you know sleeping with my fiance and that's why I'm going to be late to a prayer breakfast either – one betrays a complete lack of understanding of of of, of what it means to be a Christian and and to and yeah. to to believe the Bible and obey Jesus, or or maybe you don't even think it's a sin. Yeah. Maybe you yeah. know maybe you don't you don't even think it's that big a deal. Well, it's my fiance. It's and so again we're 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 using this as a hopefully a. A teaching point, not only for our listeners, but for you oh, for and us I. too. No, yeah. absolutely. When it, th- this was one of the things she said. Glad those in attendance, including Senator Tim Scott and our pastor. I don't know if our is Tim Scott's pastor and Nancy's pastor. It says, "quote took this joke in stride." And then she says, "Pastor Greg and I will have a little extra to talk about yeah, on I Sunday." Saw that. Yeah. Now, now I don't know what they're going to have extra to talk about, and I don't know who her pastor is. Um, I sure hope her pastor will confront her, not about the joke, but about the fact that you're sleeping with your fiance. Yeah, and thinking it's fine. Yeah, exactly. And fine enough to mention this at a prayer breakfast. Right. I mean, it's it's pretty pretty right. amazing. Right. Uh, but again, to right. Doug's point, this is what you get in a non discipleship uh, or forgiveness only. Right. gospel right um you know I, I i people i don't know some people may think this is odd um but when when my wife and i were being trained in counseling being trained to counsel one of the things that we were encouraged to do is if somebody came to us and wanted to do premarital counseling the first thing I would ask them is, do you have a date already set mm-hmm. for the wedding? Mm-hmm. If you have a date set for the wedding, I won't do that counseling. Um, if you are sleeping together, I will not do that counseling. Mm-hmm. So kind of putting some parameters about that, because the fact is, if you've set a date, you're locked in. You know what I mean? As opposed, And listen, I had our date locked in before we ever got marital yeah. counseling. Right. 
you know, and not, I don't know that it would have changed it. Right. But think about the things that we deal with in our culture today. If we really went and we counseled people through the Bible, mm. um, boy, we, we're not we're not doing that. Right. In a lot of cases. Right. Yeah. And and to your point, you see where the the influence of the culture on all of this. Mm-hmm. It just it. And you know, I John Eldridge has has made this point in one of his books. You know, if if we were in a a, a war with bullets and munitions and bombs, right? The enemy is not going to stop shooting at us, right? Guys in World War II or Korea or Vietnam, they didn't expect that the enemy was going to stop shooting at them as long as that mm-hmm. war was going on. Yep. And it's the same way in the culture. It's the same way in spiritual war. Our enemy and his legions are never going to stop shooting. Yep. They're never going to stop trying to wear down the culture and change the culture so that these things appear as not that big a deal. Yeah. And that's the great deception. Yeah. He's that's a liar, right. Jesus said, and when he speaks, he he lies and he's speaking his native tongue. He is the great deceiver. Yeah. And 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 one of the biggest deceptions is to make people think sin is not that big a deal and that God isn't really going to judge. Did God really say? And and I and you know, and of course I've been guilty of thinking that in my own life, of course, mm-hmm. but thankfully by by God's grace and by the Spirit and because I belong to Him, He He convicts me of that and brings me out of that. And mm. uh, But, man, it's easy to fall into that. Yeah, absolutely. Have to be on yeah, our guard. Absolutely. Well, we are going to take our first break of the day on SWAT Radio. We'd love to hear from you if you want to give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a comment or a question. And we are going to get back into uh, some topics from the Discipleship Gospel book that we've been talking about for the last few weeks. When we come back, hope you'll join us. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. 
We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network in Argyle at 91.7. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes, happy you're with us on this Friday. I'll get it right this time, July 28th. We are coming to the end of another another month, but here here in Jacksonville, it's, it's another month of steaminess in the books, right? It is. We get, uh, we get pulled one. in with a little rain coming down, yeah. and it stopped before I got out of the car, and it's like the steam has just come out of the parking lot. I noticed there's starting to be a few little... Uh, blips and disturbances out there as far as tropical storms don't go tell me that well. i know don't I know, tell me that we're coming into those months where yeah. we got to start keeping an eye on those things so anyway we have been uh as those of you who have been listening know we've been mainly uh brad and doug but uh, brad and i as well on fridays have been talking about this book called the discipleship gospel also known as the kingdom gospel and the subtitle to it is what jesus preached we must follow by couple of gentlemen named Bill Hull and Ben Sobels. And uh, we've talked about various aspects of the book. And one of the things that early on uh, the book focuses on is the proliferation of non-discipleship gospels mm-hmm. being taught uh, yeah. even by churches uh, today and certainly in the culture. And we were mentioning that in the first segment, this idea of a gospel that is, called, you know, a forgiveness or a grace-only gospel where all we... All we t- uh, are focused on is being forgiven from our sins and going to heaven, and there's no talk of following Jesus or, or not much talk of the kingdom of Jesus, of God being at hand, or, or of repentance and, and believing and, and, and other false gospels as well. And, Brad, I was telling you, and you knew this before we came on the air, I was away last week and unfortunately at the funeral of a, one of my best friends from growing up, um, he, I was planning, I had a trip scheduled to Massachusetts anyway, and then a few days before I left, he died kind of suddenly and unexpectedly. And um, this was a, a, a guy that I knew since fifth grade and probably spent more time at his house in middle school and high school than at my own. I joked afterwards when we did a little toast uh, that his parents probably claimed me as a deduction on their taxes <laughs> a few years. I was there so much. But I was struck by the fact that, unfortunately, you know, I, I – have no evidence or no reason to believe that he was following Jesus or belonged to Jesus. Although I, I, we talked about it here and there over the years. Um, but I was struck by how at the service there were some readings of scripture and they were good readings, including Mm. the reading in John where Jesus says, believe in God, believe also in me. 
And then the, that passage goes on to where Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Um, and, and, but what struck me was there was no explanation of those passages, no, no message on those readings. It was just the readings mm. and what an opportunity yeah, in and, those settings. And, too. And, and, yeah. And, and I, I was hoping that I would be asked to speak. I, I, I wasn't, um, and then at the graveside, just kind of a few comments by the minister about it's almost as if because these things are in Scripture and these things happened, then everyone's all set. Kind of a universalism, a, a false gospel of, you know, if you prayed a prayer once or if you went to church when you were a kid or if your parent was involved in the church, then be you know, because of these readings um, and because you said a prayer or attended, you're all set. Mm -hmm. and, and I heard a lot of comments about him being at peace now. And and I'm not picking, again, we don't want to, I'm not trying to pick on people, but I'm just trying to use that as an illustration of what we've been talking about, that that is so common yeah. in the world, mm. that this idea of, well, we, we First of all, that that we live in the United States, so we're a Christian nation, and therefore most people are are Christian. Um, secondly, that that oh, I you know somebody carried a prayer card or, or said a prayer once, or their their parent was involved in a church function, or they went to church when they were a kid, or things like that. That that everybody's all set, and I it it's amazing how when you're studying a particular topic, how often God will bring that up in your life yeah. and, and show you a real picture of it. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I uh, had the privilege of doing a just a very brief interview with um, uh, on WMER at Meridian, Mississippi yesterday, just kind of promoting uh, promoting our, our uh, training day. But uh, obviously we're on a couple of stations out there and, and know that there are men who are tuned in out there. And we just talked about, kind of shared how grateful I am that from literally from the the day I was converted, I've had men who have been pouring into me good, sound doctrine, mm -hmm. not what my tickling ears wanted to hear necessarily. Yeah. And I think this is where we are in, in society today is, you know, everybody's triggered, everybody's offended, you know. The reality is, as followers of Christ, our single pursuit should be to look like Christ. Mm -hmm. And yet, if you know, it'd be like going to trial for your high school football team, and your coach just letting anybody play. Yeah. No, he's looking for those who are going to work hard, who are going to sharpen their skills, who are going to run faster, hit harder, all the things. And when you think about your life in Christ. We 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 use this term a lot. Am I a different man today than I was last year? Mm. You know, now I, different in the sense that am I more transformed today than mm. I was last year? Right. This day, right? And yet, you know, when we start pointing sin out, and and keep in mind, you know, we do believe we're we're to, we're to get the two by four out of our own eye before we get the speck out of our brother's eye. That right. that idea isn't that he doesn't have a two by four in his eye. But you better get out what's in your eye so that you can clearly see right. what's in your brother's eye. That's right. Now, we all have two by fours in our eyes. So, uh, but I, I oftentimes before I point one out in yours, 
I better deal with mine mm -hmm. before I, it doesn't mean I don't go to you. That's right. The I was just going to say that the passage says to your point, you said this so you can see clearly yep. to help yep. your brother. Yep. yep. Right. Well, I mean, listen, discipleship, and that's really been our focus most of the summer. Uh, discipleship is not an option. Uh, Jesus says that if anyone would come after me, he, he must, he must follow me. He must do what I do. And uh, I love I love what uh, Howard the late Howard Hendricks said. He says, "You teach what you know, but you reproduce what you are." Mm. So we don't stand behind these mics just teaching, just talking, even though that is primarily what we're doing. As we engage with one another, I don't want you to do what I say. I want you to. I want to be able to model that right. for you or right. whoever it is you're discipling. Right. You think of Paul saying, not that I'm in Paul's league, <laughs> but Paul saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ, mm -hmm. right? It, it, yes, we need the words of instruction, but it goes back to the what Doug talks about a lot, the Jewish tradition of following a rabbi, yeah, yeah. not just listening to him and, and getting the academic aspect of it, but literally following him and watching what he does and imitating what he did and that's I mean, what the disciples did with jesus jesus's half-brother james says mm. don't merely be a hearer of the word right i like to add to that not uh, you know is don't merely be a teacher of the word a preacher of the word a singer of the word be a doer yeah. of it yeah i yeah. love i love what the late rc sproul said and since we're kind of talking about kind of this idea of the cost of discipleship he says this and i quote the pursuit of God is not a part-time weekend exercise. Mm. If it is, chances are you will experience a part-time weekend freedom. Mm -hmm. Abiding requires a kind of staying power. The pursuit is relentless. It hungers and thirsts. It pants as the deer after the mountain brook. It takes the kingdom, of, the kingdom by storm. The pursuit of God is a pursuit of passion. Indifference will not do. To abide in the word is to hang on tenaciously. Mm. He says a weak grip will soon slip away. Discipleship requires staying power. We sign up for, for the duration. We do not graduate until heaven. Mm. I'm thinking, you know, this, this idea of endurance, you know, we, we talk about the perseverance of the saints. Yeah. What is that? It doesn't mean you don't stumble and fall and sin. We right. do. We're wrapped in the flesh. Yeah. But we quickly repent. Yeah. We we quickly confess. We quickly repent. We quickly believe that Christ paid the price. Yeah. As I listen to that quote and listen to you say those things and reflect on what we what's in the book here that we've been studying, it, it first of all, to go back to the quote, to the verse, take the log out of your own eye so you can see clearly. I, I realize how often in my life I have compartmentalized my faith. And I have, you know, been in church on Sunday or I've been in a Bible study. And, and then at other times during all that, I have lived like it has no impact on me. <laughs> I have just lived in a way that was as pagan as you can imagine. And that, and that, you know, my faith didn't have an impact on me. But to your point, thankfully, I have, 
you know, it really should be called, I know it's a tenet of Calvinism, right? The perseverance of the saints. Right. It really should be called the perseverance of, of God or the perseverance well, of the spirit because. Yes, that's and, and, correct. And, 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 uh, was it C who who referred to the spirit as the hound of heaven? Right? Was that yeah. C.S. Lewis? C.S. Lewis, I think. Because yeah. God doesn't let us, if we belong to Him, He He does not let us stay in that state. And I have had faithful people in my life, including yeah. you, including Doug, and many others, that have given me sound teaching and pointed out things that have convicted me. And the spirit—that's iron sharpening iron. That's, that's right. The spirit using us as brothers praise god to change us because right? otherwise i i would still be and i got a long way to go don't get me wrong don't but, we all but anyway uh on that note we're going to take a break at the bottom of the hour for the news uh call us at 844-777-7928 with a question or a comment we will continue this discussion on the cost of following jesus when we come back on the other side God has given each one of us the ability to make a difference and to share him with the people we meet. Today on Making Your Life Count, Adam Stark explains what this might look like. Reconciling your gifts, your talents with your faith journey. There's a big word that popped up right away in my mind, which is ego. And uh, we all have it. We all deal with it because so often we can take our gifting and we can lean on ourselves and lean on what we think is our own talents and abilities to help us succeed or to help us move forward. And and I feel like the thing that struck me was like, man, even my gifts, my talents, all these things were given to me. They're not mine. I, these are on loan. And so really it came to how am I reconciling my music with my faith journey. Such a great reminder. Be ready and available and allow God to use you and your gifts to make a positive difference for his glory. There's major delays because of a crash on Atlantic Boulevard westbound at Hodges Boulevard blocking the left lane. Also, there's a broken down vehicle on the East Beltway 295 northbound at the Dames Point Bridge blocking the right lane. And there's a disabled vehicle on Butler Boulevard eastbound at San Pablo Road. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 76. Saturday will start the weekend partly sunny, high 93. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes, happy you are with us this afternoon as we close out the week on SWAT Radio. And we have been uh, talking about the Discipleship Gospel, the book by uh, Ben Sobels and Bill Hull, and specifically uh, today, and, and I know you and Doug have been talking about this a little bit this week, Brad, uh, about the cost of discipleship. I really enjoyed your conversation on Wednesday about the resurrection as well, not mm -hmm. that I want to Get, get off track from what we're talking about today, but this idea about about the resurrection sometimes being shortchanged in our presentation of the gospel. But as Paul said, without the resurrection, we're, if Christ isn't raised, we're still in our sins. Yeah, exactly. And, and we're the most pitied of yeah. all people. So, and we but, talked about you know as as you and I are gonna 
kind of conclude the week, we're talking about the cost of discipleship, the perseverance of the saints. And to your point, it, 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 it is really the perseverance of God in us mm-hmm. that it is his power, the resurrecting power, right. that is what allows us to persevere. I mean, it's uh, this this whole topic we could boy we could talk endlessly about discipleship and the cost of discipleship and and as I mentioned earlier, I'm thankful for the the men who've invested in me. You know, whether it was just in, in, on a personal level, um, or it was you know maybe a, a pastor at some point. I love I love that quote. You can impress from a distance. But you can only impact up close, and mm-hmm. I'm thankful for the men like yeah. you or Doug or Tim or you know any number of men who may be listening to this right now who have had an impact in my life. Yeah, it's because we did life together up close, yeah. and we got to we got to be we got to be kind of shaped. Now I, I I believe as I know you do, we, we are the result of God's word, God's spirit, and God's men. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I'm thankful for that. I've said all along, you know, we mentioned a few specific names, but I, you know, I want to make sure there are so many guys, especially in the SWAT community that I am, have been so impacted by and value their friendship and their, their brotherhood Mm -hmm. so much. Um, And I've said this before, there was a time not that long ago, you know, 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, where I didn't have a lot of male Christian friends and I don't think I really wanted them. I didn't want to be bothered. I liked isolating because when you isolate, you can hide things. And, and well, we not to put words in your mouth, but I'm just put them in my mouth. We like our sin. Yeah, we absolutely. we love our sin. Absolutely. And and now I have more. I, I, I and you know what I mean when I say this. It's a figure of speech. I have more male Christian friends than. I ever thought I'd have or that I know what to do with. I should, that, yeah. It's not that I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> uh, but, I, but I, you know, and just to have guys that I know, that I see regularly, that I can have conversations. And, you know, by the way, you and I have these kind of conversations a lot of times out in the parking lot when we leave Absolutely. here. And, and in other, and, and in SWAT meetings and if we're playing golf. And, and, and I was at a baseball game last night with a bunch of guys from church and my friend Brooks is sitting next to me in the stands and, and, and we're having a 15 minute conversation <clears throat> about the gospel, you know, and, and about what we've been talking about here while we're at the jumbo shrimp game, <laughs> one of the great minor league baseball names. Well, Vicki always knows that if I, if I come home from playing golf and I played well, she usually says, well, then you didn't disciple. <laughs> if I'm discipling on the golf course, yeah. I'm probably going to yeah. shoot a high number. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I wanted to share this because you and I, as is often the case, we're having great conversation. You know, these mics don't just turn off and we stop the conversation. We, we're usually carrying on this conversation. Uh, one of one of my favorite uh, writers, uh, pastors, uh, the late Jerry Bridges says, uh, we believers do need to be challenged to a life of committed discipleship, but that challenge needs to be based on the gospel, mm. not on duty or guilt, because this is kind of what we've been talking about. And he says, quote, duty or guilt may motivate us for a while, but only a sense of Christ's love yeah for us will motivate motivate us for a lifetime yeah and that's why i think so oftentimes uh, 
And I'll just throw this challenge out there. I, I know you're this way, and I'm this way, and I need more men uh, in my life that when I am tempted to sin, can I pick up the phone and call someone mm-hmm. and say, I'm, you know, I'm I'm being tempted here. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I, I just believe we as God's children need that. Yeah. Yeah. I've used the phrase in the past. I've, I've described it this way. There are times when I don't ask for God's help when I'm tempted or ask a brother's help when I'm tempted. You know why? Because they'll give it to me. That's right. And I don't want it. That's right. Because I want to do what I want. Because we do. love our sin. That's right. Yeah. And so it's getting to that point of, wait a minute. And it's not, and this is key, right? This is in, in the book as we've been reading. It's not my own gumption, to use a Southern word, right? It's not my own strength. It's not my own reason and logic that is bringing me to a point where I say, okay, I'm following Jesus. I'm trying to follow Jesus. So I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to choose this. It's the Holy Spirit changing me as we follow. It's, it's all connected, right? It's yep. all connected to each other. And that's this book does a great job of outlining that, that as we follow, that's grace. And we'll get, let's maybe get into that a little bit because one of the chapters here is called Follow Jesus and Be Saved, and it really talks about the cost of discipleship. And, and, and the authors kind of push back a little bit on this argument that, that following Jesus is not optional and it's not... Um, works-based. They'll get pushback sometimes that if they say following Jesus is a ne- is ne- is necessary as is a necessary part of mm-hmm. believing the gospel, they sometimes get the response. Well, that's that's works, and they get into this uh, about why that is not works. And I thought they did a really good job in this in this chapter talking about that and. And also talking about, again, the cost of following Jesus. You pointed it out earlier. It's not just, with that quote, it's not just a, from R.C. Sproul, it's not a part-time thing. It's a it's a surrender of our whole life. Daily. 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 That's it's, right. uh, as, as Jesus said, whoever, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me, listen to this, cannot be my disciple. Mm. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be yeah. my disciples. Yeah. There's nothing in there about uh, whoever does not attend church regularly, yeah. whoever does not get baptized. Yep. No, it says whoever does not come after me, yeah. whoever does not follow me. He, Luke 9, he said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Yeah. And that's such a key phrase. It's, it's, it's not deny ourselves in a penance sort of way, right? Mm-hmm. Because penance is not repentance. Penance is this idea that we're paying for our own sins. It's, so it's not that. It's, it's, it's acknowledging that he's Lord yeah. and I'm not. Yeah, yeah. And I'm willing to, because he's changing me, because the Spirit is changing me, I'm willing to deny my own wants and desires that are often sinful, that are... Mo- always tainted by sin mm-hmm. and do what he wants me to do. In other words, be obedient, yeah. right? We show yeah. love for him by, by being obedient. I, I thought this chapter, a great illustration of 
um, Jesus talking about following him, and and to your point about he didn't often say go to church or or pray the sinner's prayer. Mm-hmm. And again, the authors are are careful praying the quote unquote sinner's prayer in and by itself is not a bad thing. We don't want to say that this idea of repenting and and falling on your face in prayer before God and and confessing your sin to him and repenting is a, is a, is a bad thing. It's a good thing, yeah. but so often it's presented as that's all you need to do. And then you're all set. Yeah. And, yeah. um, but anyway, he talks about the story of the rich young ruler coming to Jesus and saying, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Great question. We all want to know that. Right. right. And Jesus doesn't <clears throat> say to him, pray the sinner's prayer or go to, go to synagogue or go to temple or whatever it is. He says, sell all your possessions. He says, one thing you lack, sell all your possessions and follow me, follow me. And, 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 and Jesus isn't, Jesus isn't, um, saying that possessions are bad. What he's saying there is get rid of all the other things in your life that are more important Yeah, <laughs> and follow me yeah. that are more important to you than following me and follow me. And that's part of counting the cost of being a disciple. Are, are we willing to do that? That's a that's a sobering question, and that's a that's a minute by minute issue. Yeah, I mean, we talk about making decisions. It's a daily decision. It's a minute by minute decision. Yeah. That if we, as Jesus said, if we don't renounce all that we have, whether it's the rich young ruler, or whether it's the guy who doesn't have a whole lot, he's still saying, if anyone who does not renounce all he has, he can't be my disciple. Mm. And I think about the things that I'm still clinging to. Right. You know? Right, right. And 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 I think one of the prayers for myself, and I'm sure you think this is, God, make me, give me understanding that anything I'm clinging on to pales <clears throat> in comparison Amen. with a relationship Amen. with you and, 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 and the treasures you have for us. So uh, anyway, we're going to take our last break of the day. Give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a comment or a question. We'd love to talk to you about your comment or question. A lot of stuff that we're delving into today that's uh, thought-provoking for Brad and I, and hopefully it is for you as well. We'll be right back after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjax.com. That's guardiangroupjax.com. 
The Guardian Group, happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, on the air in Fernandina Beach at 91.3. I pull, go back and forth, finding myself Pounding on a locked door I try to make it out alone without your help But I know I never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, never be me without you Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes in our last segment of the program today and of the week and very happy that you have joined us. We're talking about uh, the discipleship gospel or the kingdom gospel book that we've been in for a few weeks and we're talking more specifically today. Well, we're talking about a lot of things. We are. We usually do, but trying to focus uh, mainly on uh, following Jesus and, 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 and what it's going to cost. And the cost of following Jesus. You know, one of the one of the lines I underlined in this particular chapter in the book, which is chapter seven called follow Jesus and be saved. It says, if we're deceived into thinking that following Jesus isn't essential, then we won't do it. The fundamental problem here is that because of the proliferation of non-discipleship gospels, people think they can believe the gospel and be Christians without following Jesus. Nothing could be further from the truth. And then, and then I'll just finish with this. A couple pages later, it's hit the author's right. If you're going to be part of the solution, you must count the cost of preaching the cost of discipleship. Jesus never left the cost of discipleship in the fine print, as we can see from Mark chapter 10. He made it headline news. If you start calling people to follow Jesus when you preach the gospel— be prepared. It's likely you'll be peppered with questions insinuating your teaching your insinuating your teaching works salvation or that you are impinging on God's grace. And I thought mm. those comments might be <clears throat> worth us uh, talking about it a little bit and, and, and talking about kind of how the authors respond to that because I think that probably is a common objection that oh, people for might sure. have. For sure. I was I'm I'm in that same chapter as we've been discussing, you know, the the the, the cost, counting the cost. And he says in this book, he says, <clears throat> if you, you know, and, and the the challenge here, and Doug's mentioned this, you've mentioned it, uh, we will continue to mention this that our salvation is not by works. Right. Well, in a sense, it is by works. It's by Christ's works. That's right. It's not by our works. Right. Um, but our works really demonstrate salvation. They demonstrate that we are his. It says here, if you've spent any length of time in a Bible teaching church, chances are you've got an ultra-sensitive works salvation detector. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> if someone sounds like they're trying to add an unbiblical requirement or some sort of legalistic demand of the gospel, an alarm goes off in your head. This is good. It's good to be on the lookout for false gospels, especially legalistic add-ons. That is, unless your radar is misinformed. Mm -hmm. An ultra-sensitive works salvation detector can actually be harmful if it causes us to think an essential element of the gospel, like following Jesus, is works salvation. Yeah, yeah, that's very good. And 
you and I were talking during the break and not that I want to get too, you know, we want to get too uh, uh, in the weeds on this, but I think it is important at this point, right, in the discussion to talk a little bit about the doctrines of justification and sanctification that that Ephesians 2, right, 8 and 9 are, are clear that it is all of God and none of us that saves us, that gives us salvation. God, that's justification. It's it's the one-time act of God where he regenerates our heart and declares us not guilty in his sight. And well, not ju- only not guilty, yeah. but as though we had kept the law perfectly, perfectly and that's what righteous. The, that's what justification is, that's just right. as if yeah. you had never sinned. That's right. right. Just as if you had never sinned. Right. That's the the idea of, right, now I'm really getting into it, right? Double imputation. That's the right. idea that <laughs> our sin, I used to have a particular way of saying this to my kids when they were little that, that would make them laugh too, but try to just help them understand. But our sin, as Archie Bunker used to say, our crapola <laughs> is imputed to Jesus' account. Mm-hmm. And his righteousness is imputed to our account. And and I, I've told, said this before, I used to have it backwards. I used to think, well, I have to pull myself up by my bootstraps. There's that gumption word again. Mm-hmm. I have to have the gumption to believe based on the quote-unquote logic or reason of my own mind, believe in the gospel, believe in Jesus. And then if I do that, God will save me. He will convert me. When that That's totally wrong and totally backwards. God regenerates my heart and converts me and saves me as a, as an act of grace totally on his part so that I can believe. That's right. Now I have the ability to believe because he's given me a new heart, replaced my heart of stone with a heart of flesh. But now let's move on to the to our works part. We're, as you quoted James earlier, we're not to be hearers of the word only, but doers. And so he saves us, and, and Paul talks about this as well, for good works to do, or that that's probably in James as well, right? But to do good works. And so sanctification is that lifelong process after we're regenerated and justified where God and by the Spirit makes us more like Jesus. And that involves us doing good works, but we're already saved. Yeah. So those yeah. works are not meritorious toward our salvation. Well, heck, he, he even says, uh, I, I created those works. Absolutely. Before you were born. That's why he says That you us. might, yeah. what? walk in them part of the reason he saves us is so that we can be his ambassadors and and do the work of his kingdom but we can't do that unless we're regenerated and made clean right Mm -hmm. now we're part of his family and we can go out and do those things and the grace continues to come in we were talking about this in the break the grace continues to come in in that obviously it's grace that saves us to begin with but then there's grace in that as we follow and we fail and we know we do, there's mm. grace where yeah. he stands us back up on yeah. our feet and, you know, we, we repent and, but he gives us that gift of regular repentance and he stands us back up and he says, keep moving your mind. And we worship him all the more as a result of that. I mean, I, man, I, I think the, the, the longer God leaves me on this planet with breath in my lungs and a, uh, an ability to, to actually, uh, you know, understand what he's done. I've said this many times. I'm more and more and more aware of my depravity yeah. right. 
but I'm also more and more and more aware of his holiness Mm -hmm. and his grace and his love and his tenderness and his mercy that has been granted to me, not as a result of my own well-doing, but because of Christ. That's right. That, you know, he chose me from the foundations of the world. I I don't know if it was you or Doug or one of you said, you know, what are you going to... Do you sit back and go, why me, God? Mm. Yeah. Trust me, it wasn't anything you did. Right, right. Just by his sovereign will. Well, I've always used that in the example of a lot of people will talk about God's sovereign will and his choosing of us and and say, well, that's not fair. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Or, or, Or why not him or why not her? But the real question should be, why me? Why would you choose me? And, well, and you don't want is, fair. Yeah, no, we don't want fair. We don't, because, well, God is a God of justice, but he meted out justice on Jesus on our behalf so that we don't have to mm-hmm. go through that, go through, uh, be under his wrath anymore. But yeah. apart from Jesus, if you die in your own sins, you're still under his wrath. The Bible's clear about that. Anyway, but this idea of, you know, not, not, why didn't you choose this person or why didn't you choose that person? But why did you choose me? Mm-hmm. I, I remember hearing a testimony once of a guy who was a former mobster. This was years ago. And the guy, when he was, and he was saved and the guy described it as God reached his hand down into the pit of hell and pulled out the slimiest thing he could grab. And, and I mean, it's a unique way of putting it, but that's the right attitude mm. that, that, that God, why? And he did it, because of his good pleasure. That's the best, because of his love and his good pleasure. That's the, that's the only answer we have. We, we don't know. That's a mystery, but thank God he, he, he chose us. Yeah. yeah. You know? So this, so anyway, bringing it back to this, this idea that, that following Jesus is a, is adding works to, to the, to the idea of salvation or adding works to the gospel as, as meritorious towards salvation is frankly baloney. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. not works. We were saved in the Bible. The Bible talks about works of the devil. The author points this out. He gives a list, right, of the way that the Bible refers to works, works of the flesh, works of the law, unfruitful works, works of darkness, evil works, dead works, works apart from faith and good works. Mm-hmm. And it's the good works that we're encouraged to do, not yeah. to save ourselves, not to impress God, mm-hmm. but to serve him. Yeah. Because he saved us. Amen. So, Amen. I was, we were talking on the break uh, there, you know, that pre-salvation, and I'm just kind of reflecting on my own life. I was 18 years old when I came to Christ. Maybe those listening who've just recently come to Christ, whatever age you were, your pre-salvation, you are grasping for freedom, thinking that you have freedom to, to do whatever, you know, pursue whatever, you know, your flesh desires, mm. you know, whether that's comfort or, you know, pleasure or thrill or whatever it might be. And I, I was looking at John eight thirty one, where Jesus said to the Jews who had, who had believed him, he said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm. So post salvation, there's freedom in Christ. Right. But the freedom that we long for pre-salvation is only the freedom that comes through Christ. And if you haven't entered through Christ, 
you're going to keep grasping for that freedom. Right. And yep. that freedom you're grasping for, it's like the apple on the tree. Yeah. You know, it's it won't satisfy. That's right. And boy, you look at your life, my life, those who maybe don't know Christ, it's it's a constant pursuit of the things we think are going to give us the freedom and the pleasure and the comforts and all those things. And the battle is that the culture and the world, apart from the rule of God, apart from the reign of Christ, keeps telling people that's what freedom is. And this is it. That's Come it. get it. That's this right. is it. That's right. Well, anyway, you you know we could we could keep going. Well, <laughs> listen, G- Jesus said to his to his disciples, he said, uh, "The kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. Repent, believe, and follow Him." If you haven't done that, the kingdom of God of God is not a future thing. It's, it's here. here, right it's now. Here. And Repent he's the, and, and he's believe. He's the King of the Kingdom. Amen. Amen. Great, great way to end the program, Brad, with those points that you made. So, thank you for listening, everybody. We're always very thankful for your listenership, and 